welcome back to the revolving world of fishing without bait. Uh, you never know when you get off and you never know when you get on. However, isn't that the beauty and the uncertainty of life? And what we're talking about today is introducing you to a world of full impact mindfulness where we're allowing people to create themselves and give themselves permission to use the words I choose. All, the only admission price is the honesty, open-mindedness, and the willingness to try. And if you have a few stardusts of those, you're well on your way. Come and join us and let the adventure begin. Out of the pits of hell and into this new perspective, you know, with the help of these plant medicines. But I think there's a lot of people out there who maybe that, you know, plant medicine's not their thing, or they just feel very like, well, I don't know anybody around me that's talking about God. Or again, there's this perception of like, well, if I talk about God, they're going to think I don't support this certain community. They're going to think that I think this way. So they're almost afraid based on the perception of others. So rather than indulging in substances in the 12-step world, we go about that through another way. And the 12-step says, having had a spiritual awakening as a result of these steps, we tried to carry this message to others and practice these principles in all our affairs. We go through a different shift in thoughts, changes, and actions. It's like going to Pittsburgh. There's many routes there. You <laughs> took one many. right, we take another. Yeah. But Pittsburgh's still there. Yeah. And again, I'm not super familiar with the 12-step program, but is, is there anything in the program that almost talks about the benefit of rock bottom? What, uh, what one of the lines in the book says is that uh, we have to be beaten into a sense of reasonableness. Mm. And for some people, that's a physical beating. For others, it's a spiritual uh, beating. For other people, it's an emotional beating. But that's that's the term rock bottom that we use. Yeah. Beaten into a sense of reasonableness. Yeah, only because I'm relating it to, you know, like I had to hit kind of a rock bottom. Now, mine wasn't necessarily with any sort of controlled substance. It was just... All the decisions I had made had literally put me by myself. And sometimes I think that's where God has to put you. I think sometimes he puts you exactly where you need to be. And sometimes that is alone and kind of in this space of like, hey, you kind of have nothing else. Like, do you want to talk? Like, you have nothing else around you and you've kind of, you're sitting in the consequences of your own actions. Are you ready to have that conversation? That's about the only way that you can come to a moment of clarity is when, Everything's been taken away from you. Yeah. And we have a saying that you uh, you quit, you reach the bottom when you quit digging the hole. Mm. So we always tell, oh, I love that. You know, we always tell people to put the shovel down. I love that. Yeah. 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 It's mm. funny you're talking about taking a beating because in pro wrestling, we talk about our bump card where, um, you know, it's like the, the idea is, you know, the longer you're in the business, the the less bumps you want to take because your body's pretty beaten up. Yeah. And, um, you know, if you can preserve yourself for a little bit longer by, you know, not taking as unnecessary. Um, for those listening who don't know about pro wrestling, bumps is like when you take a fall or, a, you know, a, a tumble in a move. And um, it kind of opens up that conversation about your uh, your life bump card. You know, how many how many tumbles can you take before it's like oh i'm done <laughs> i'm gonna take a break and i'm gonna step back a bit well, take care of myself an explanation for the 10th step which is 
uh, in beta searching it, continued to take personal inventory, and when we were wrong, promptly admitted it. One of the explanations there is it says, by this time, sanity will have returned, and we have ceased fighting anyone or anything. Yeah. Yeah, when you're a young... When you're a young wrestling student, you can you can learn that bump over and over again. I think we did maybe 50 or 60 of them when we first started training, and now the thought of bumping for me is like, absolutely <laughs> not, especially not this disc problem I'm having in my back. My chiropractor is very excited that I'm done wrestling in December. Yeah, so uh, we talked about that before, and so that must have been a quite a decision for you to uh, to make. Yeah, it just, again, I just really felt like there was a lot of factors, like I said. One is just I I am really trying to focus on, and not just for, you know, New Year, New Me, you know, goals, but I'm really trying to focus on the longevity for my body. Like, I have abused my body with wrestling. I've abused it with the years I didn't feed it the right foods, that I didn't get active, that I didn't do all the things. Again, the things they tell you to do. But, you know, your ego or, you know, your stubbornness is like, okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. But really, like, I'm, tell I'm telling you out there, all of you, please do, do your cardio. Get into lifting weights. I'm telling you, you do not want to be 32 and struggling with these back issues. Like, if I had just stretched every morning like you're supposed to, I would not be dealing with these issues. And so now I'm trying to essentially, um, I don't really believe in, like, the reversing damage. I think that's kind of a marketing thing we see with like skincare and all these things. I don't think you can actually reverse things. So hopefully one day we get some sort of like crazy technology where we'll be like in cyberpunk land where we're just like putting on new arms and I can get a new spine and I'll be spry tomorrow. That would be great until we get there. Um, it's more about just, uh, delaying any sort of, you know, additional damage. So I'm really trying to focus on like, I've been really getting into, um, like uh, ice plunges, like cold plunges, oh, boy. Um, sauna. If um, if anybody out there is looking to kind of start, uh, every Wednesday uh, there's a group called Tub Club, and it's like 25 bucks, and you can go do um, a cold plunge as many times as you want. It's usually kind of like a, 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 I think it's a limit of like two or three, depending on how many people are there. And then they have a pop-up sauna now, too. Oh. And I can't tell you how good my body felt. I can't tell you the great, night's sleep I got doing a five minute cold plunge and 10 minutes in the sauna. Like I felt like a new person the next day. The Scandinavians do that. I got into the cold plunges, um, sort of also learning about Wim Hof and the Wim Hof method where you can use endogenous DMT to kind of, again, have these different states of getting comfortable in very uncomfortable positions. So doing things like the cold plunges, doing the breath work. Um, but yeah, I'm just really trying to focus on Again, longevity and focusing on things like my mobility, my joints, the things that are going to really affect like how my 60s, 70s, 80s, hopefully even 90s, if I'm fortunate enough, um, will be as, you know, comfortable and I can, again, enjoy life as much as I can. Well, that's being proactive, but I always tell people nobody wants to be on a safety committee at work, which is maybe one of the most important aspects there. So being on your own safety committee is... Uh, is incredibly important. I'm all for naturally produced DMT through your own body. However, most of the DMT patients that have been 
referred to me have been taking it artificially by made in somewhere else or they made mm -hmm. it themselves. And every single DMT patient has been referred to me from a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, you told me about that last time. It was really kind of, excuse me, it was really kind of heartbreaking um, only because I think you had said to me after you're the first person I've met who's used DMT and had a positive experience yeah, from it. And this is also where like, there is a responsibility that we have to take in the psychedelic community. And I sometimes forget this too. So I'm just as guilty because again, we're even something like ayahuasca or DMT, like these are not playthings. You know, if you want to take a tab of acid or you want to take a little dose of shrooms and you want to go to a concert, that's perfectly fine. But when we're kind of getting into these heavier things, um, I can't stress enough, like please do your research um, if you're on certain medications, they can have negative effects. I just had this with a, uh, a friend. A friend reached out to me and they actually wanted to try. They're kind of at a really, um, this is actually great that we're here because I can talk about this with you off off camera. But um, they're pretty much out there. They're trying anything to deal with addiction. And they came to me and was like, you know, I kind of want to try a light therapeutic dose of mushrooms. Would you trip sit for me? I said, Absolutely. But I'm glad that they found me when they did because um, they're on lithium and lithium and psilocybin will cause seizures. So thank God or thank whatever it did that for whatever reason they found my number and they called me and they asked me because that could have been catastrophic and could completely undo all this good research we're getting out of Johns Hopkins, out of all these institutions because, you know, we just had the there was just another um, article about a pilot used uh, psilocybin to deal with the death of a friend and that was a catastrophic event it could have been terrible and it's like but that's also part of you know there's all this you know like oh we're getting all this progress and we're finally ending the useless war on drugs and it's like there's gonna be there's gonna be mess ups you know i am all for the use of microdosing because there's a lot of a gathering field of solid evidence to say that this helped work. However, and don't be offended by this, I am not a fan of journeymen trying to help people do these things. And my, I don't, microdosing is, is an art and mm -hmm. you have to, like yourself, you're a stable individual and trip sitting with somebody I think would be a very good thing. Um, but however, I'm a, I'm just, I'm leery of the results of these yeah. because I I'm just don't know what type of, it's a setting that that's taken in and the people who are with them when they're doing it. And what is their intention? What are their expectations? That has to be completely fleshed out before. Oh, absolutely. Like the first thing we talk about in harm reduction is set and setting. Like, you know, we don't know what sentence setting that that pilot was in or, you know, my friend, like, what if they didn't even consult anybody and they just went and did it? And it's like, that's why I cannot stress enough. Like I can sit here and talk about all the good it's done. And don't get me wrong. Like I've had difficult moments in my journey. You know, I, I did last, I'm coming up on a year anniversary. I had my, my only like really bad trip, or I like to refer it as challenging, but it's a bad trip. But, um, last, that's New Year's a kind Eve. Word. Yeah, yeah. I tr I try. I try not to scare people with with certain words, and I know certain verbiage. And you know, we've all heard bad trip. But last um, last year around uh, New Year's Eve, um, 
I did not do all these things that I warned people to do. It was the week leading up to New Year's Eve. I had not been eating correctly. Like normally when I go into a macro dose, which for a macro dose is usually anything over five grams when it comes to psilocybin. I did seven, which was my highest dose I had ever done. And I do grams or micrograms. This is grams. Yeah. This is more the macro dosing. This is not micro dosing. Um, but I, I had an extremely difficult trip because I didn't do my prep. I didn't say to myself, you know what? You're stressed out. Work has been crazy. You've been dealing with family in the holidays. You've been eating all this food that you know is not good to go into. And I did it anyway. And it was rough. It was still got stuff out of it, like still got lessons out of it, but it was rough. And thank God I had someone there with me to kind of keep me here because that could have been. I'm glad you did tell us so. Yeah. Because that could have been just as bad. That could have been. I mean, I was kind of turned off to psychedelics after that for a little bit. I think I took about a six, six to eight month break maybe. And I was like, no, wait, no, it was closer to six months, but I was just like, "Mm, I don't know. And then, you know, I got the opportunity to do ayahuasca and that was kind of my first one after that really, that really challenging trip. And I was kind of like sitting with, again, sitting with myself and being like, man, is this a good idea? Cause ayahuasca is, this is no joke. Like you're going to be in it and you're going to be in this set and setting. And, you know, I'm glad that I listened and I, and again, I got something positive out of it, but not everybody does. And I think that's an important thing in this community and others is just because someone doesn't have a positive experience does not mean that you can't still get something out of it. And we can even relate that back to Christianity and going to church. And that's also why I try to not have a knee jerk. Well, maybe you just didn't have the right set and set. It's like, no, that's not my place to say. Maybe they did it and that's just not for them. And that's totally okay. It doesn't invalidate my messages. It doesn't invalidate my experiences because, you know, I still see you as an amazing wealth of knowledge with all of these things. Just because you don't agree with macro doses is not going to change my view of how I value your experiences and your lessons in life. It's not that I disagree with them. Uh, it's in the same way that macro dosing, I'm not a fan of anybody but a psychiatrist prescribing psychiatric medication. I'm, I'm not, mm, not a fan, I understand. I'm not a fan of PCPs even prescribing them because the physician's death, death reference is like this big, okay, mm-hmm. of all the drugs. The number of psychiatric medications are maybe 40, 45 or less. So a psychiatrist can be an expert in dealing with those. So in the, in the same way, macrodosing, uh, I prefer that it be done under the auspices of a professional. And there are more professionals that are becoming skilled and familiar with that. I'm mm-hmm. so glad you had that, those good experiences. Yeah. But just you. because I have an opinion doesn't mean it's correct. That's true. But again, I still value like your, it almost helps me to hear people like, hey, I didn't have a good trip. Okay, well, why didn't you? Because even if you never use them or in that, in that, in that case, that person decides I'm never going to do this again, at the very least, there's still a lesson there of like, you know, hey, tell me your story even so that I can learn something from it. And maybe I won't learn something from it. Most, I just go. Most people that I've found who have not good experiences 
with microdosing, even going to an amusement park, going to a new church, uh, entering into a new relationship. When they enter into these situations, uh, Regina, with a mind of uncertainty, generally it does not go well. So what we always try to do, mm. I'm always trying to ask people to get a mind of knowledge. A mind of knowledge trumps a mind of uncertainty. Mm-hmm. A mind of uncertainty leads to anxiety, worry, and fear. Mm. And so we could be entering into uh, a situation like that with anxiety, worry, and fear. Yeah. Uncert- There's so much uncertainty in the world today, Regina. Yeah. Yeah, I, I think that's why we're we're seeing certain things and people struggling with certain things is because we don't know. We don't know. And a lot of times people are asked, what's the most common presentation that people come to uh, therapy with? And they say, depression, it's anxiety by far, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. by far. Yeah. So you were talking to me earlier about after you're transitioning out of uh, the wrestling world into another phase of your life. Yeah, um, I don't want to kind of give away all the details only because I'm I'm so uh, we'll we'll call it superstitious about um, you know putting it out there and it's one of those things of it's this insecurity of I'm going to talk about this grandiose idea and then it's not going to manifest and I'm going to feel like people are like oh see she couldn't do it like and like you know they'll have something that'll kind of like point at me and shame me but at the same time I'm also like worried like someone might steal the idea but I've been in pro wrestling and the whole premise of pro wrestling is just people stealing gimmicks. So I should be used to people stealing gimmicks at this point. Well, then what we'll do is we'll use that as in the radio parlance. We would use that as a teaser for an upcoming episode. Yeah, we could do that. I can, I can put it in this way though. Um, part of putting down wrestling and putting down some other things in my life. Um, Peterson has this beautiful saying, and I'm paraphrasing it terribly a little bit, but Maybe you have to give up everything you are to become what you can be. And I am getting this call to cultivate a community. And I don't know what the housing is going to look like in that. I don't know exactly how I'm going to manifest it. But it's the first time in my life that I've had this clarity of having a passion, a clarity of like having just just it's the first time I've ever said this is my life's meaning is to do this and it's an intense feeling and it's it's a lot of pressure and some of that is just self-imposed pressure but I'm really trying to trust it and again we've been talking a lot about letting go and I don't know I don't know how I'm going to do this but I'm really called to cultivate this community and this place for people to come because I just feel like the systems in place have put us in a real a real state of stress and we're really kind of headed towards if we don't step back and we don't come back to this simplistic and again getting to the real meaning of why we're doing this like why are we in these systems and why what have we like what was the purpose of building all of this and I think we need to take a step back, and that's kind of what I'm trying to do with cultivating this community. Well, we're looking forward to hearing more adventures of Regina Badger. <laughs> and uh, you are absolutely one of the most delightful human beings I've ever met in my life. And I say that without reservation. Thank you. That's so sweet.
So, at the end of every podcast, what we like to do is offer a pre-prescription that you can cash anywhere and have filled anywhere, and that is fruits, nuts, and vegetables. Unplug your television and take up fishing. And for a truly mindful experience, we suggest that you fish without bait. Do a kindness for yourself and do a kindness for another. Forgive yourself and forgive another. Till all are free, none are free. We're all God's children or none of us are. Be good to yourself, my friends. Namaste. If you're interested in flying the colors of fishing without bait, click the shop icon on our website. We have clothing, mugs, cell phone cases, and so much more. Show the world that you fish without bait. This show is a member of the Sorgatron Media Podcast Network. Find out more at sorgatronmedia.com.